Welcome back, Kaniacs. It's been a long time. Brad is here. Ray is joining me. And we're bringing you Season 2 of the Storm Cellar. Welcome back, Ray. Long time no see, friend. Oh, indeed, Brad. It's good to talk to you again. It's been, it feels like, you know, the off-seasons are always so long you want the hockey back as quickly as it leaves and uh you know oddly enough this was a a, a shorter one than normal uh, like a short it seemed like a shorter uh, off season because there was so much activity like it, you always felt like for me there was so much going on it felt like we weren't really out of the season things were going and shaking this organization's been amazing and i'm lo- loving this so it's been it's been too long since we've had a chance to talk about it but we're going to catch up right now for all of our listeners you know ray and i started this podcast because we truly believe honestly believe hockey should be for everyone and very quickly, it's popped up on Twitter kind of time and time again. Um, I think the people who follow us on Twitter uh, understand, but I, I just want to say it for the show. Ray can interject as, as he sees fit. We're here to talk about the Hurricanes. We're here to talk about the Kaniacs, and that's going to include Tony D'Angelo. And we have to separate Tony D'Angelo's performance as a hockey player from Tony D'Angelo, the person. And I just want to make it clear to our audience, Ray is nodding his head. I'm sure he feels the same way. Tony could have the Norris Trophy season of a lifetime. If he doesn't grow up as a person, we're out on him. Yeah. Right? So as we talk about Tony as a player, that does not mean we condone, nor and especially does it mean we've forgotten the type of person he has shown himself to be before joining the Hurricanes. We both have faith in Rod Brindamore. So we are both putting our trust in Rod Brindamore. So we're not giving Tony a chance. We're giving Rod a chance that he can do something with Tony to make Tony a better person. We're not going to belabor the point, you know, week in and week out. We just wanted to make it really clear, I think, for everybody. The signing of Tony, you know, has, has caused a division. The fan base puts us and all other Kaniacs in an uncomfortable position, I feel like. Very uncomfortable. And, and and we just want to know, the fact that we may say Tony had a great game does not mean we've forgotten person has shown himself to be prior to joining the team. Ray and I wanted to do an off-season podcast. We both have been so busy, it just wasn't possible. But, you know, there were like the messages going back and forth like, oh, did you see this? Did you see this? I got to <laughs> jump right into the maybe the biggest story of of at least the end of the off-season. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill his name, but KK... Gasperi yes. Kokonami. I, I know I Kotkaniemi. said that wrong. Kotkaniemi. Kotkaniemi. I, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> KK or JK. Yeah. I'm, I'm a North Carolina boy. I'm never going to get that right. Sorry, Gasperi. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I'm sure he's I'm sure he's used to it, but you know that he, he's making a name for himself. He made his name for himself through the whole uh, contract offer, which was a, which was uh to montreal <laughs> i couldn't I, believe it was happening it was so it was so wonderful and the fact that he got signed was even better it was even better i loved i loved every part of this whole situation i am not usually a petty person ray <laughs> but i enjoyed everything about the offer i enjoyed interacting with montreal fans i enjoyed the 20 dollar signing bonus the 20 dollar signing bonus i i enjoyed Everything about that. Uh, that was <laughs> as petty as it could be. And I absolutely adored it. I'm not I absolutely, lie. no question. It, it may, made sweeter by the fact that it's a team that uh, I despise beyond description. Usually I, I go by saying the team that shall not be named. That's usually how I do it. But in this case, letting Montreal know that we got 
cut Kniemi. Uh, it, it was fantastic. And what was even better was the saltiness, how uh, they lose they lose a talent like him and they immediately, all of the fans that you could see, they say, ah, he's really not, we're, we don't need him. And and congratulations, you took him off our hands. He was, he was a, you know, wasn't even a, a, a solid part of the team and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, you keep talk, telling yourself Yeah, that, that. that might have been the best and, part. It, yeah, it went, <laughs> it went from, you guys are trash for making the offer meaning they wanted, you know, they, they like him and they want to keep him to the, the Habs. There's no way they're signing that deal. We knew we were getting him, I think, almost from day one. Yep. Two, he was on his way out. He's a bust. It's like he was yeah. drafted behind, I believe, a certain Mr. Svechnikov. Yes. Who has done very well in Carolina, <laughs> folks. Uh, very well for himself. And to have him, look, and to have him come to this organization who have, uh, again, and we've met, I've mentioned this in the past, have a connection with Finnish players, uh, it's it's like it's almost like he's coming to the national team. It, you put him out there with Aho and Teravainen. I mean, these things are just fantastic. I love the idea of having him aboard, and he is going to thrive in this lineup. And he makes this team so much deeper. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do. And he, even in that very first game, in the very first game, he was a threat out there. He was doing some great things. And, uh, you know, I, I loved it. Loved the signing. Loved everything about it. Amazing. That signing reminded me of a quote from, uh, it was, I think it was an article in The Athletic. And Brendan Moore said, you know, it used to be we had to go call guys to come play in Carolina. And now guys are calling us because they want to be a part of what we're building. And I feel like, JK is one of those guys who is, you know, when he got that offer sheet, not only was that a lot of money, I mean, of course he signed it. Like it's, it's a ton of cash, but even if it wasn't, I, at least, you know, I'm a Homer, but he's going, Oh, you know, those guys are close because Montreal, I mean, they they certainly had a heck of an impressive run, you know, the end of last season, but are they going to repeat that performance? I don't know. Is Carolina going to, you know, repeat that performance? They certainly should be a contender. They're certainly a team to watch. Well, and they they will be a team to watch thanks to very much the resigning of Rod himself, Jack Adams Trophy winner. Congratulations to Mr. Brindamore, the coach who clearly showed his value. And it's funny that you mentioned he's the one that says, you know, now Carolina is a location that people want to come to. Part of that is because he is the coach. And there is something about Rod Brendamore in how he runs the team, the expectation that he has of the players is no more than what he ever expected of himself. He's in the gym with these guys, working as hard as they are. Everything about Rod, it speaks to leadership. It speaks to a fine-tuned organization that is very, very uh, well run from top to bottom. And again, they are going to, they're going to just develop something, a cohesiveness that people, players around the league who are running out on contracts are going to be saying, you know what, Carolina, there's something there. They have a good time. They are a well-coached team. They are talented and they have a chance to win every year. Resigning Rod was a huge part of that. Huge. Absolutely. It's, I think not just the on-ice product that we're seeing now, 
it's the fans of the Kenyaks are known for being hardcore. There may not be as many of us as there are Rangers fans or Leafs fans, but the core that we have is a good group. Um, you know, golf, uh, a couple of days ago, Harry Styles is in town. I'm not a fan. I, it's not my kind of music, but I, I could see on Twitter, like things erupted. And I guarantee you that fan base has grown a little bit for having those guys, you know, these, these folks who want to come in and hang out with the hurricanes. Um, and it, it, you know, that's a pop culture kind of thing, but I think it's going to a grow the fan base. And as the fan base grows, the more players want to come here. It's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think uh, Rod is the key to that. I mean, Rod is, is like you said, he's the core without Rod and his staff. I don't know what we do because he's, you hit the nail on the head and saying that he's the, you know, he's the first guy in, he's the last guy out. He's in the training room with the guys. They can see that he doesn't expect too much for them. He's a player's coach, but he's not a pushover. And that's a yeah. delicate balance. I think in any pro sport, when athletes are making seven, eight, nine million a year, they're the ones scoring the goals to earn their respect and keep their respect and keep them happy. And it's something that Rod seems to just be able to do naturally. It's it's a really amazing instinct that he has. There's nothing. There's seeing him as a head coach. It just seemed to make sense. If you were to go back while he was still on the ice, still playing, still everything, and you were to say, what do you see in Rod Brindamore's future when he's no longer on the ice as a player? And you instantly think of coach because of the leadership that he brings, the type of person that he was. I mean, he is a leader by example, and that's, I mean, he, he just amazing. And you know, uh, what I love is, you know, um, this team has been really great in sending behind the scenes videos and stuff like that of Rod talking to his team in every situation and so forth, whether it be moments in practice, uh, in the locker room, after games and stuff like that, just seeing how he interacts and getting a chance to see what goes on behind the scenes. You just know, man, oh man, these guys will run through and skate through, pardon me, skate through walls for Rod Brindamore. And that's where the success will be. And I don't, since we're on Rod, I'm going to segue into, you know, kind of the next thing, which is Rod is not a one hit wonder. He's not taking a group of that's already together and he's showing up and just putting the icing on the cake. The core is intact. The team, you know, Aho, Svechnikov, Taravine and Niederreiter, Martinuk. These guys are still there. And I stall. I don't want to freak anybody out. If I leave out stall. I mean, you could go on and on. Yeah. hundred percent. But we lose Hamilton, right? We pick up KK last minute. We, you know, we bring in some other guys. The all those moving cogs. There's a lot of new pieces. We, it's a complete goalie switch. Two goalies on, two new guys in. That's you know, that's not something you typically see every year. So Rod is able to get that new group and get them tuned in, and you know, that first night. I mean, it, they were in midseason form. They Game were. One. They, they absolutely. They they you know there was they dismantled the Islanders for like, honestly, there was 10 minute swings where it didn't look like the Islanders had ever touched the puck. They just didn't seem like, like the domination of the forwards. And they just keeps turning, turning the team out, turning the lines over, keep them going, keep them pressure. It was great. Now look, the Islanders had moments too, where they showed their grit, their determination. Barry Trotz doesn't let them, just take a night off and they certainly wanted to spoil the party 
on opening night in Raleigh, which again, hey, me, my personal message to Kaniacs who are all in the stands, not only I'm jealous, but I'm very proud. I love watching what you guys do and how fired up you are. And that energy from the fans transfers into the team. And Rod knows how to get the most out of all of these guys who, again, brand it feels like a brand new team. A much deeper forward line, a whole new set, a whole new defensive pair in the back end with Cole and Ethan Bear. And they looked like you said, mid-season form. There are so many good things about the opening night and so many things where you could see Rod's influence throughout the lineup. It was, it was terrific. Very excited to see the opening game. You betcha. It looked great. So speaking of Cole and Bear, there, there was like maybe a 45-second shift, maybe a minute there in period three. Ethan Bear... He kept the puck in the zone all by himself three or four times in a row. <laughs> I mean, it looked like he was the only guy out there on wheels. And and that just makes it so three players to watch. If, if, if there are three people to really key on that, we, you know, you need to key in on that are going to make a big impact this season, new or old, I, I want to know your three. My number one is Ethan Bear. Um, my three aren't going to be in order, but just Ethan's one of those guys who, he, he had a sophomore slump in Edmonton. Um, you know, there were some off-ice issues. He comes to Carolina. He gets kind of a, a new lease, a, a new look, a clean slate, if you will. And so far, I thought he's looked fantastic. They had him with Slave and some in the preseason. He looked solid. You put him with Ian Cole. He looked very good. And he was skating circles around the Islanders. And some of those um, exit passes out of the zone, which you and I talked about extensively, were problematic last playoffs. Yeah. He makes look easy. I'm loving he did, it. He did make it look easy. He looked m- much different than the Ethan Bear that fr- from last season in Edmonton, who st- struggled, like you said, sophomore slump. Those things can happen. And it's it's very funny. You know, we talked earlier about Kotkaniemi and the fans who are saying, ah, you know, you know, good riddance. He's kind of gone. We don't need it. He wasn't all that good. I heard the same thing about. Ethan Bear. There were fans from Edmonton saying, ah, you know, he could barely crack the lineup. Our defense stinks. And he was, you know, could barely, you know, hold his own in the lineup that stinks. How is he going to fit in in Raleigh and in with North Carolina? The, the Hurricanes don't have a, they have a, they don't have a problem on D. Our defense, one of the best things about the Hurricanes, how in the world is he going to crack that lineup? Well, we got an example in the preseason where he scored a hat trick in a red and white game. Like you, you know, he's got the talent to put the puck in the net. And he, there's when I, you you mentioned it very, very well, where he seemed like the only guy on the ice for that 45 seconds, where he was doing all of the work and stuff like that. He's making smart plays, pinching when he needs to playing responsibly, you know, like stepping back when he needs to and moving the puck. I mean, he had opportunities, takeaways. He had shots on net, picked up a secondary assist as well. What more do you want out of your th- third pairing? And 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 he's on the third pairing, but that doesn't but he's not mean a third that he can't. Guy. He's not a third pairing guy. He absolutely isn't. He, I mean, he is just. Um, I think, and again, going back to Rod, you could tell 
his efforts and stuff, he's connected with Rod and, and, and coach Brindamore is driving him in the right direction where he will get and extract the best out of Ethan bear. And I know, I know we're going to see great things from him all season long. He was very, I was very, very excited to have him join the hurricanes. Same. Very excited. Oh man. All right. So good. Give, give me, give me the first of your three. Who, who are you looking at? You know at? what? If, if I, I mean, if I had to pick one standout above all, for me, it was Svechnikov. For the reason that he struggled a little bit in the playoffs and last season as well, taking penalties, untimely penalties and stuff, and sometimes just not being in his game. And the Hurricanes re-signed him to a long-term contract and so forth. And you normally see what you normally see when you're up for a new contract, you see the elevation of play go sky high because he's trying to raise his value so that when it's time for him to go sit down for a contract, he gets the most money that he can get. Understandable. That's how anyone and every player plays. And then once they get signed, you sometimes see that little dip. I got what I wanted. I can ease off a little bit. I can take it back. I've got the security of this brand new humongous contract. Um, and, and so they dip a little bit. We did not see that in Svechnikov in game one. For crying out loud, he almost succeeded with the lacrosse goal again. I mean, he, he had two goals and he was flying on the ice, a dominating. He was definitely someone to watch. I could see him doing some amazing things. And, you know, given the opportunity, you could be up near the top in the points totals this season. That's what I see for him. Well, you know, Svetch is my boy. That's He's, he's oh, my yeah. favorite player. And, you know, in, in relation to points, not to jinx it, but he is on pace for 164 goals. Just saying. <laughs> Just throwing oh, you that out love there. It. You love it when they put that much effort in game one, right? We can we can see some big things for him. I'd love to see it. I, I, do, see I think it. you hit the nail yes. on the head. You know, sophomore slumps or post-contract slumps happen to people. And I wasn't too worried about that with Feshnikov because if you remember in the playoffs, his point production was only down about, 0.06 points per game versus the previous year. It wasn't down as much as people thought. It just wasn't sexy. And it was assists and not goals. But he was also the guy after, you know, an OT game in Nashville is out there shooting pucks on the net after the game, working on his game, getting his, you know, getting his hands right, trying to loosen up a little bit. Yep. That is a mature, very, you know, a, a young but mature young man who I think knows what he wants. And I don't think he's there yet. And if he gets to that level where I think he expects himself to be, oh boy, that's going to look awesome. It is going to, it's going to look great. It's going to be very, very exciting to see. You know, if it, I'm going to jump to my second pick. Uh, this is going to be a, a strange one for me because uh, I'm going to our goaltenders, uh, specifically Frederick Anderson. And the, He's a player to watch for me more for me getting used to his style of play and not, you know, the, the, other, not the other way around. There's some, his in, in game one, one of the things that I just wasn't used to was the humongous rebounds he was giving up 
that seemed like extra opportunities for the Islanders. And what I started watching and closing in on as the game was going on is that Anderson, it seems like he's trying to start his own transition. You know what I mean? Like uh, counter counterattack play where he kicks out these huge rebounds towards the boards and stuff, keep it away from the, from the middle of the ice but he's, it's like he's trying to direct it to our players to move that quick transition and get us racing down for opportunities, maybe get a three-on-two, two-on-one, that sort of thing. And so while the rebounds are make me nervous, he's comfortable with them. It's his style of play. We have to get used to it. This is a guy that we have not seen up close in Raleigh. We have to get used to his style of play, and he's someone I'm going to be watching. I really liked your point when you when you said that to me. I said, "Oh, I I never thought of it that way." So, rebound control was one of the things I texted you about during the game. It was like, yeah. "Oh boy," but you're right. I think there's a difference in I'm putting rebounds out there where I want them for a reason versus what we had some in the previous couple of seasons where rebounds are happening that I'm like, I just don't understand why that's a rebound at all. And it's being dumped, you know, they're, they're just kind of bouncing right back in front of the net. You know, if, if you're kicking them out, they're going out to the boards. That's a low percentage shot. That's a lot safer um, style of hockey than, than what I think we've seen. So I'm, uh, I, I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm Both of our goaltenders, I, I, you know, I, I've seen them play a handful of times, but it's, you know, neither of them are, are players that I was watching intently for the past few years. Um I'm really anxious to see what they're capable of doing, but I think you're right. I think if that's just a, a play style thing, I think a lot of us are going to have to just get used to it. Uh, especially those Wolfpack fans out there. You're used to the cardiac canes and the cardiac pack. So you'll be okay. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Slow down, I mean, take a deep breath and just and let them do his thing. And, and just, uh, just a quick reminder, I'll take people back into the, the, the time machine to a time where uh, both you and I, one of our favorite goaltenders with the team who we love, Arturs Urbe. We love Archie. Loved, we love Archie. We loved everything about him. He was great to have on a team, wonderful personality, but I wanted to chain him to the crease. I wanted to chain him <laughs> to between the posts because every time he went out to play the puck, it was you were there was fear that he was going to turn it over sometimes he did sometimes he did sometimes he was responsible for the offense that we were creating you know what i mean and it was one of those things where his style of play was different that it made fans a little bit uncomfortable made you you know your heart and your throat sometimes everything this is the same sort of situation we'll just we'll have to get used to it get comfortable with it and i mean we're never going to stop cheering and Absolutely Anderson not, is but. and Anderson is huge. He's massive. He's a very large man, a very large goaltender, and he is, he takes up a lot of space. I mean, he's this is he's the diametric opposite of Arthur's Urbe. Like both both scare us a little bit, but they're both different, both different styles. Things we'll all have to get used to. Frederick is listed on the Hurricanes webpage as six four two thirty eight. I so, buy that. so I call that taller. six five, you know, two fifty, <laughs> two sixty, because we all know he, that they're lying about that. He's, so he's he, a, he, he is, is a massive. big man. He is a big big man, and and I I could see good things from him, and 
and uh, yeah, he's definitely someone to watch. Well, I, I think that's, a, I think that, yeah, that's an unexpected. I, he wasn't on my list. So you're number three, you know. Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to throw you a curveball. And it's a, it's difficult to talk about, but it was the man that was brought in to take place of Hamilton. And that was Mr. D'Angelo. He is a guy that I'm going to be watching, but for a completely different reason than maybe others. He was brought in to be an offensive threat. He clearly, in my mind, there was a lot of discussion with between him and the rest of the team before coming into the fold. He's got a checkered past history. And I know that in for a lot of fans, I saw the fact that he joined the team was enough to turn them off. My thought was from the very start is that if he was vetted thoroughly by Rod, had lots of talks with the coach, it was you're here to produce the offensive skill and points that he was brought into. He made it into the league on in the first place. He made it into the league because he was an offensive threat on D. He needs to put up the points. And yes, everyone's going to be looking at him a little bit different. I'm watching to see him produce. The off-ice stuff, I don't like it. I wasn't happy with the idea of the signing, but I thought about it long and hard and said, look, it was well stated. He had his meetings with Rod. If anyone is going to straighten him out and remind him he's got a job to do and the extracurricular crap can be a can be cancerous in, in, in locker rooms. And Rod is not going to put up with that. He's another guy that I'm going to be watching. And I know that changes things up. I want to see him produce and I want to see him become a part of the team that is not someone who causes friction or turmoil. There's a lot of people who have no problem with his performance on the ice and his conduct. Uh, I am not one of those people. So I'm going to watch Tony maybe in a similar vein to you, but a different way. You know, I mentioned Ethan Bear is my number one. Ethan obviously was um, the victim of some horrific, you know, racism and abuse, at, you know, in, in Edmonton on the way out. Folks, I'm taking my guide on this from people like Ethan Bear. Ethan is his yep. teammate. I would hope that the Canes are, and I, I feel comfortable with Rod Brindamore, if not management to step in if there's an issue and to keep, you know, Ethan um, protect. I don't know if that's the right word, but I certainly would hope that if, if Ethan is, or any other players, cause you know, we have Seth Jarvis is also yes. uh, of, of the Cree nation. Um, if any, if, if there is a problem with Tony as a person, I certainly hope that the team rod in particular would, would root that out and Tony would be gone. So I'm, I'm looking at Tony. I don't care if he produces or not. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If, if Tony puts up no points, he's not a defensive liability. He's just on, he's a body on the ice, but Rod can help make him into the type of person that I would be proud to have on the team. Then, then it's a victory for Tony for me for the year. And the only way I know to do that being on the outside looking in is the hope that if there are any issues that we're going to hear from 
Bear or Jarvis or Stahl or Rod or any of those people. It do, it absolutely does make sense, and I understand it. Uh, and I've said this: you hear of put up or shut up. I would like him to put up and shut up, and that's not just production. That is prove it. Like you said, it's it's enough to talk about it and say you want to change your ways. And he's asking for a second chance. Well, he's on his fifth chance. If you go back into his personal player history and stuff, he's expended all of the opportunities. Cat uh, has nine lives. He's probably burned all of those lives and he's on his last one. And my thought is, is that if, if, again, I go back to him and Rod and the discussions they had before he was signed. If, if Rod was the guy who said, yeah, I think we can work with him. He's kind of showing me that he's uh, he's trying to really amend his previous behavior. I mean, who who are we to judge about everyone? You, I, everyone have made mistakes in their past, probably not as horrendous as some of his. Let's make that perfectly clear. But you're always looking for uh, an opportunity to recover and become better uh, better person if he can do that here then great and if he can do that under rod brindamore's tutelage and in with guys like jordan stall again leader by example slave and all of these guys solid people that you love to have on your team he the very environment around him he could take in and change and become a better person i i agree you know in my mind tony has not earned another chance. No, Tony is getting a chance, if you will, because I believe in Rod Brindamore. Yeah, yeah. If if if, if something goes south here, I'm blaming Rod. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, know what? You I, know, that's... Tony hasn't earned this chance on his own. He's no. he's he's getting an open mind from me because because I believe that Rod, you know sees like you said that sees that he can you know maybe help Tony realize honestly the the issues that people have and, and what he needs to fix so I, I hope when a personal of it works out if 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 the hockey also works out great um for us you know we're a podcast and uh, we're going to talk about the team so when tony plays well i'm going to say it tony had a big hit at the start of the islanders game tonight I, I don't even know who he crushed but he he caught up to got around and just bowled somebody down on the Islanders. i, I don't know who it was that was an amazing play he had some really good looks. He skated well. Um, for people listening, as well, correct? Is that? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that he did. I'll double check. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. It's for us as a podcast. If if we're complimenting Tony, don't ever forget that Tony, the player on the ice, and Tony, the individual, are being watched by us as two separate. Those are two separate entities. And absolutely, he could score a hundred points. And if he acts like a dirtbag in the locker room, I don't want him. No, 100%. And again, I didn't want him on because then you and I wouldn't have to have these types of conversations. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it comes down to. And it feels like a downer. It feels like whatever, but he's just, he's, it's something to watch. And uh, we're recording this before big game tonight back in Nashville, a team that, you know, I'm sure wants a little retribution of their own for what happened to them last year. They got mowed down 
by the hurricanes. <laughs> I say that uh, <laughs> tongue in cheek because it was certainly not mowing, mowing down. They gave the hurricanes everything they could handle and more. And uh, we came through in the, that playoff series and, and they're back at it again in Nashville tonight. And what do you, what do you think? This is going to be, I mean, for me, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. And uh, my first thought it. is, can we not go to OT? That's my first, honestly, my first thought is, can, 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 just, one way that, yeah. can, can this be resolved in regulation? Yeah, please, please. Because we had much, much, much too much hockey against them in the playoffs. That's for sure. The overtimes were hard on the heart to be sure. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. Let's get this one decided uh, in regulation. I really, this is going to be another another great contest. Uh, you know, uh, Nashville, is it fair to say that Nashville and Carolina now kind of rivals? Is there something there to build on? Maybe it's not something like what they what the Canes have with Washington. You know what I mean? Where there's mm-hmm. a real healthy hatred there, but we played so much against Nashville last season in the strange schedule and the way the playoffs went and stuff like that. There's so much of each other that I think all of that friction created last year spills over to this year. Doesn't it? I I think so. But at the same time, I'm, I'm conflicted, Ray. One of the other podcast uh, hosts that I talked to, uh, he, he was asking me about the game and I said, I think there's a rivalry here. I, I think there's going to be friction. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I don't hate the Preds with Hala gone. Like, without Hala being there, it feels different. And I know that's just one guy, but the, there there did seem to be something about Hala just really wanting to rub it, you know, in the Canes' noses every shift. Yeah. And without him there, it, it, it just – if he was there tonight – like, you know, I'd be like, we need to make sure the recording is done. The editing's done. Eight o'clock puck drop. Cause something's going to happen. And without him there, I'm expecting a, a, a healthy, good competition, but that, you know, there's that little something extra, you know, that little cherry on top is not there. And so uh, I think it's, I think these two teams are, are pretty well matched. I think this is going to be a fun series to watch. I'm glad we're not paying them, uh, you know, 58 times in a row. Yeah, uh, like we did last season. Of, it felt like you know, which you know, with fifty-seven of them going to overtime. Yeah, but but yeah, I think this is one of those teams where you know, you know, North Carolina, Tennessee. There's you know, there's already a little natural rivalry there. Uh, it's yep. two, you know, two southern teams. One plays in the east, one plays in the west. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I think that's one of those people that you can start to see. You know, the yeah, it's it's going to build if we can get a couple of four or five good games this season. You know, I, I do think that rivalry will start to get built, which is, I think is healthy for the team. I think it's healthy for the fan base. I think it's healthy for the NHL. Uh, like you said, the, you know, the Capitals, the Bruins, when I think, you know, instant oh. rivals to the Hurricanes, um, those are the teams that jump out. And I would love to add somebody like Nashville to the mix. You know, and they're, they're a fun team to watch. I have a soft spot for Nashville. I like this their style of play. Uh, they're gritty. They're fast. They're tenacious. They're everything that Carolina is, except they're not the Hurricanes. I mean, that like to me, like they just seem like that type of squad. We got a good example last in the playoffs last year of what it's like to play against Carolina. Like that's yeah. what they <laughs> gave to us. That's exactly what other teams get when they 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 face our Hurricanes. 
And so uh, there's, I mean, it's just going to, it's going to be great hockey, great hockey tonight. And I'm so looking forward to it. And we've probably gone a little bit over long here. So much to discuss at time that I, I, I thought I'd just throw this out there. The Hurricanes are already up one nothing. Jesper Foss oh, with the first up. goal. So and, go. so Foss, there we go. So we're up one nothing already. I think that's a little bit strange uh, to talk about tonight's game, and we're already into the game. We've maybe gone over long, but we had a lot to discuss. Um, you know, I think when we're looking at the entirety of this season, uh, you and I here in the Storm Cellar, we're going to be here all season long. We're going to be talking about the developments, the great plays, the things that frustrate us a little bit, uh, off-ice opportunity, I mean, off-ice events and stuff like that. The social media that Carolina runs is just brilliant beyond that. There's so much to talk about all season long. And I think that the people who join us in the Storm Cellar will have a contribution that they can make to us as well, can't they? I think so. I For those of you who are listening, our audience is still fairly small, but we've only recorded six episodes. Um, yeah. Quite frankly, our audience size compared to, to the amount of recording and, and production that we've done is phenomenal. Yeah. We're so happy. We have a lot of folks who follow us on Twitter um, and on Facebook. Um, and, and you guys have already heard, you know, we want to hear from you as fans, what makes being a Kaniac special? What brought you to the Hurricanes? Particularly particularly if you're like Ray and I and you're, you're from far away and maybe you don't live in the triangle, you know, maybe you, you know, picked up the hurricanes in an away game, or, you know, maybe you did live there and now you live away, but we want to hear from folks. I think, you know, we love interacting with people. Um, you can get a recap of the game from a dozen podcasts, right? Um, we started this yep. one because we wanted one that was family friendly. We wanted one that was truly about hockey being for everybody. Um, and for us, it's about being Kaniacs, you know, I mean, you and I have known each other for 20 something oh. years now and yep. only spoke for the first time this year, but immediately I felt comfortable saying, Hey, do you want to do a podcast? Because we have a connection as Kaniacs. So that's really what yeah. we're about. If you're listening, you have a cool story to tell. You want to tell us how you became a Kaniac, or you have a cool story by the time you met a player or something that happened in a game, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash stormseller97. Same thing on Twitter. It's at stormseller97. You can email us at stormseller97 at Gmail. We're easy to get hold of. We are not hard to find in the Storm Cellar, and there's always room, always room for more caniacs and jerks alike. (laughs) Absolutely. That's really what it comes down to. We'd love to have you aboard. Love to have you listening. And, uh, you know, let's talk hockey. I mean, let's absolutely. So let's talk hockey. So I was going to ask for predictions for tonight, but we're already up one, nothing. So, uh, if you want, if you want a prediction, uh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Kings to win in this one. Um, uh, just to build though, they played so well against the Islanders, you know, hitting the road, going into Nashville again, I'm going to go with, uh, a nice solid four-two victory for the Hurricanes. How do you like that? A Four goals winner, is always a good number, you know. And 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 I'll give the I'll give the game winner to Teravainen. Teravainen scores the third goal, which is the game winner. Empty netter. That one's for and Laura you know Wheeler. There we go. Absolutely, it is for Laura Wheeler. We hope she's listening. 
can't wait to talk to her soon because uh, and you know and she's such a she's uh, the, probably one of the biggest caniacs that i have ever seen i love seeing her posts we were so happy to have her aboard uh, she lived a fantastic dream in the playoffs last year and even in finland i i don't, I don't know if you heard uh, the whole reason why i checked the score is because i heard a cheer I heard a cheer and I didn't know where it was coming from. And then I realized it was coming from the Northeast, way Northeast in Finland. <laughs> yes, it was her cheering because Jesper Foss scored and that made me check the, check the scores. And there you go. So we knew, we knew, that, we knew the Canes scored the first goal of the game because I could hear it from Finland. Absolutely. She's a huge fan. Loved having her aboard. And not just Laurel now, but her new guide dog. I think Ruta is the name. Yeah, he got to watch his first win. His oh. first win was a Hurricanes victory. So we were one and zero with them watching. <laughs> there we um, go. She has we, to keep watching. We already scored one, so I'm going to go with five goals for the Canes in regulation. I don't know what the Predators are going to score because it, it'll be less than five. But there but, you a, go. but a but a five to something win for the Canes in regulation, so I can get my kid to bed on time. Yes, and please. then we will do it all again next week. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, Brad, it's always fun to record these. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone, whether you're a Kaniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We'll do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97. Our podcast is on all major podcast apps, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Just search for Stormseller or find the direct links on our Facebook page. Our intro music is Year of the Exodus by Tech Warrior. You can find them on SoundCloud. Go Canes!